Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I am super excited today to bring you another wonderful guest, this time Kathy White. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Melissa. Great to be here. I'm excited to uh, share your knowledge with the audience and to all of my listeners. Thank you for being here and joining us today. Kathy White is a uh, Shiva Yanda Hatha trained yoga teacher. She's also completed her 300-hour Kayute yoga instructor training plus a 100-hour yoga maze training from Portugal. She is also a certified facilitator in the work of Katie Byron as well as an art psychotherapist. So she has a wide realm of background training and experience to share with us here today. And I would love to invite you, Kathy, to just start off by sharing your story with us. Who are you and how did you come to all of these amazing trainings? And what you now do is, is teach yoga, among other things. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for the invitation. Gosh. Um, and obviously, we're going to do the short version could I? because I could spend a long time telling you all the different ins and outs. But I'll keep it brief. I'm from the UK originally, um, born in the UK to a Canadian mother. So that's my link with Canada. So I'm now living back in Canada. We moved here three years ago from Scotland, where I had ended up living, met my husband, had my kids there in Scotland. And we lived in a spiritual community called Findhorn for 23 years. So moving to Canada was a big change for us all. And part of the move was I wanted to shift what my work and what I was doing. And I really wanted to re-emphasize the yoga. And I was in the middle of doing this yoga, Kayute yoga training at the time. Um, Kayute yoga comes from Brazil, as does yoga mice. And not it's not, it's it, yoga mice, it's in Portuguese, it's not from Portugal. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Brazilian, yeah. And those trainings that I did in recent years just added to my background. You know, I had a Hatha yoga training, very classical, went to an ashram for a month. Um, that was back in 2000. And these trainings, what they what they were for my body at that particular time were they really addressed the menopausal body, shall I say, that I suddenly, even though I had years of yoga in me, suddenly when I turned 50 or started to approach 50 around that age, 
and I was having perimenopausal symptoms and you know hot flushes and my joints started aching and I started to feel this inflammation and things like that which I know you talk about a lot on your on your podcast um and 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 my yoga wasn't really working for me anymore I felt I was just getting stiffer and stiffer and I was approaching it from the perspective of well if I just stretch a bit more I'll get I'll get over it you know and then it was really painful and I was just like, oh you know I'm giving up on yoga yoga's no good for me which was actually I just want to stop there and say it's interesting how sometimes we think that when something isn't working for us, we have to do more of it. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Or exactly. when something is a good thing, we have to do more of it. And that's exactly it's, it's actually everything in moderation. And the key is listening to our body, right? Because it's well, that's exactly you. it. So listening to my body, my body was going, this isn't working. You know, your current practice, your current yoga practice is not addressing what was needed so that was the, the kind of the wake-up call as it were and I think what what then happened was I came across this particular method called Coyote and I immediately signed up to do this training I flew to Toronto I which is where Francisco Coyote the, the teacher had come up from Brazil to to hold the trainings and over the next 18 months, I went back to Toronto. So a total of three times. And it was radical. It was a really big change in my body and in my mind about how I was approaching yoga. And coupled with my background in the work of Byron Katie, which is a practice of questioning beliefs, questioning thoughts, I also radically shifted my approach to what I was thinking about my body and how I was expecting it to do certain things. I, I still believed I had a kind of 30-year-old body. And now I realize, no, I have a 50-year-old body, but it can be as vibrant and as alive and as healthy as, as I was when I was in my 30s. It just needs caring for differently. As you would care for a, a, an old vintage car, you know, you, you, you treat it differently than just a regular car that you've just bought that's, you know, five years old. Exactly. So it's, it, it, it was that, it was a lot of learning and a lot of shifting, a lot of changing. And so opening, moving to Canada coincided with this new training, new approach to my body. And I was so excited to share it with other people and especially people around my age. So people in their 50s or older who are starting to feel like ah, joints a bit achy, a little bit stiff here, things are seizing up. And the way yoga is taught today, unfortunately, in the majority of places where I see it around the world, it's taught as a fitness tool. It's taught as a fitness exercise. And we use that same mindset mm. for fitness for yoga and actually yoga is far beyond fitness it's much more of a mindfulness tool yes. yes and bringing mindfulness to the body helps us listen to the body i know you yeah. speak a lot about you know what's your body saying to you well slowing down in a yoga practice you actually get to listen to it mm -hmm. and then this approach that i teach is very much about 
slowing down enough to listen and then going into poses just so you touch the restrictions. So right. you're actually actively seeking out what's tight and what's tense, mm -hmm. not to push beyond it, not to force them, not to effort anything to, to break through, nothing of that, but just to see what is actually there, just to spend the time in a particular pose, you know, maybe a minute, maybe five minutes in a particular pose, just breathing and being with the feedback your body gives you when you put it into that shape. Right. And then the mind settles, the, the sympathetic nervous system kicks out and the parasympathetic kicks in. So you're in relax, rest, restore mode. And then the body can start to heal itself and rejuvenate. Yes. The way it's I only work in that state that it can do that. Yes. And, and then it's in that in that state. So so many of us spend most of our time, unfortunately, stuck in that sympathetic nervous system or state of chronic stress. Yes. And we don't realize it. it oh. It's culturally indoctrinated. You know, it's it's like when did being busy get get so popular you know when did it get so it's so sexy how are you oh, I'm super busy you know it's like people go on about it as though it's some great thing to be really really busy and it's like no how would it be that we just like wow really you've got nothing to do today that's amazing you know we don't and we do, I, I put it on my kids too so what have you got planned today you know summer yeah. holidays it's like, <laughs> well nothing you know it's like sit in the hammer or even, um, I remember when I had just finished high school and I wanted to do nothing for the summer. I had worked so hard through grades 11 and 12 to finish. And in Australia, like you do exams at the end that are statewide on everything you've learned in those two years. And you get one mark. And then that mark, that score for me, it was out of 500, will get you into university or not, right? So, so it's critical intense. that you have to work that hard. Yeah, so I had worked so hard. I just wanted to take a summer off and do nothing. But my mom was like, uh, no. And she went out and got me a job working for her brother that I had no choice but to go to. Right? Yeah. And that's what we do as a society. It's what we do as a society. 100% right. We everything and, work. And that's how we approach ourselves. So, yes. We, and, and so, therefore, when people get onto the mat, it can be a little like, what are we doing here? We're just lying on our backs. Yep. That's what <laughs> we're doing. Because yeah you realize how much gravity can actually work on your spine when you're just yes. lying horizontal and how beneficial that is yes because the mind is going yeah but i should be doing something it can't feel and it takes a while for that feeling capacity of mm -hmm. my students to drop in that they can actually feel oh now i know what kathy's talking about yes i'm relaxing here i can feel my spine adjust to the floor i can feel my pelvis relax i can feel my muscles soften um and all of that but that just comes with time and practice and breath and 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 patience really because we're so geared up and there's so much tension in that gearing up that yeah the discharge the letting go the relaxation can take some some practice yes. to, to be able to get into that state yes so yeah that that you know that's my sort of yoga journey mm -hmm. so i i love that my yoga journey is not nearly as long as yours i actually only started four years ago 
but it's a practice that I came to love and appreciate in my life very quickly and something that I practice regularly. And I know that exact feeling of just lying on the floor and settling. Yes. And, and it surprises me even to this day when I can do that and feel so unbelievably comfortable and supported. Mm-hmm. Right. And every once in a while, I might be doing yoga in the room and I'll always shut my door at this time of year. I do it on my deck, but in winter, I'm not doing it on my deck. Cause there's three feet of snow. My husband will come in and see me lying on the floor and go, what are you doing? <laughs> doing my yoga. And he's like, aren't you supposed to be in a pose? I am in a pose. Can you go away now? <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that your husband's exactly it. And I think that's why it's hard for people in their fifties or over who've never done yoga before who perhaps have a preconceived idea of yes. what it's what it's about and they think uh, and they've seen images on Instagram or wherever and they think oh my goodness I'm gonna have to um I get it, one leg complicated and my arms around. Gonna, yeah I'm not bendy enough I'm not flexible enough I'm not strong enough it's like all those things it's like automatically dismiss yourself from the possibility of doing yoga because you think you're going to have to adopt all these crazy poses. And that's really unfortunate because yoga is probably one of the, when it's taught correctly, it's probably one of the most beneficial practices that one can do because it is for the mind mm-hmm. as well as for the body. It's using the body to access the mind, the spirit, and bringing them all into alignment. And it really doesn't need fancy poses. And if you have a really good teacher, a teacher who will be able to modify for you. So if you've got a back injury or, a, you know, had a knee operation or you've had a replacement hip or whatever it is that people have in their 50s and beyond, then a really good teacher will absolutely go. Yeah, no problem. We, you know, we'll keep you safe. We'll, I've got a modification for that. Here's a chair. Here's a bolster. Here's a thing, you know, use the wall and will correct and align you according to your body type and any issues that are going on for you. And I love that when I, I've done a couple of your classes and I love that with your classes in that I've done many yoga classes over the last four years and for the entire last 15 months, they've all been online, which I actually now love because I don't have to commute anywhere. And Uh, There are some live classes and then there's some online stored classes, but either way, I can just show up, be on my mat, have that time, be very mindful, get into that Zen state. I love to do yoga with my eyes closed because Mm -hmm. that's how I go inside and have that time without commuting and having to stand in line to get in, you know, with all the COVID protocols and all of that, that meant that I didn't have time for it in my day. Now I do when I can just join an online class. And your classes in particular, what I really loved is that you are actually using Zoom to see exactly how the students are doing. You're not just leading the class and hoping we're following, which is what my other classes are you are actually watching the students. And as I was doing poses, you were correcting me. Yes. That was fabulous because I needed that feedback. I thought I was doing it right. I was doing the best that I could, but you were saying, oh, can you just do this? Or can you just do that? And then I was able to actually do the pose in an even safer uh, way for me and my body. Absolutely. Your teaching style and being able to do that is really powerful, especially people that are just starting out and that aren't sure. 
right? Yeah, and of course, most people start out and they think, oh yeah, well, I'll just get a beginner's yoga class on 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 YouTube, or I'll do yoga with Adrienne or whoever it is that's the you know the yoga hit celebrity of the day, which is wonderful. I mean, I, I'm so grateful that these people are out there, you know, putting yoga out there into the world. However, it can be a dangerous because you might be doing poses that are way beyond what's possible. And B, you, the focus becomes on the visual, the look. So you're looking at the screen, you're looking at what the teacher's doing, and then you're trying to copy that into your body. And that's really difficult. Most of us learn, we our sensory perception of the body is, is much better ingrained when we close our eyes. Right. We can actually feel, oh, yeah, OK, that's where I, oh, I see that's the sensation. And then once you have the feeling of, you know, that's where I place my arm, then maybe you can place the other arm in exactly the same place because you have the feeling of it, not just because, oh, look, I have to put my left arm on my right ear and my head up there and my right. And, and you're trying to, you know, fit Lego pieces together. Right. It's, like, right. it's much more organic than that because it's feeling your way through. And it, it makes so much sense because, of course, our senses are all connected. And when we take away one sense, we know that the others become stronger, right? Yes. And so when we take away the visual, which is our most powerful one to take away because the brain is processing, I don't know the exact number, but it's a really high percentage of everything that our brain is processing is through visual. So when we just shut our eyes, our brain doesn't have to work so hard. And then that allows the brain and the mind to calm. And then, as you said, for us to drop into feeling. But to that point, when I do yoga on my back deck, I love it so much because I'm now hearing the sounds of the birds. I'm hearing the pine cones dropping on the deck. I'm smelling the pine cones too, right? Because I've slowed down and I'm paying attention, not only to my body, but these other things that are just happening around me that bring joy and add to my practice. Yes, yes, oh. which is then you can start to understand like the ancient yogis. It's like, oh, okay, so they 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 have this pose that's called a, a crow pose or they have a, a cobra or they have a tree. It's like, of course, they were taking stimulus from nature yes. and trying to, you know, how does it feel to be a tree? Right. And, and and it's not a particular pose. It's not like, oh, you have to have your foot up on your thigh and you have to stand on one leg and you have to do this. And so, it's no, how does it feel to be right. a tree? Yes. Right? And a tree can sway in the right. wind exactly. and a tree can have really deep roots and a tree can um, be stand tall. And tree. It can be a slightly bent over tree. You know, it's like there's many trees and possibilities of tree poses as, as there are people and as there are trees in the world, right? right? Yeah. So I love, love, love all of this and what you're doing. And I know that your niche market is women or anyone actually it's not men just, and women a lot of men in yeah. over 50 that are yeah or coming up to 50 with. just that right. that kind of cusp age of like when people go oh I'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> old and tight yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that sort of uh, middle age and beyond kind of uh, right. feeling right and <clears throat> so I I love that you niche into that segment of the population and really can help them with all of the expertise you bring to it. But I also today want to talk about 
uh, your expertise in the field of digestion and yoga, because so many of my clients and listeners and just people in the world today are struggling with digestive issues. Mm. And it's not just about what we eat. It's also about what we absorb. And so we need this whole segment I'm working on right now is all about digestion and how to optimize digestion. And so I would love you to share how yoga can help improve digestion. Mm. Oh, it's such a great topic. Such a great topic. So first of all, it's like taking the whole aspect of nourishing ourselves and nourishment in general and and knowing what is nourishing for us so of course yes we have physical foods and there are certain foods that are good for you and not good for you some of you are allergic to foods some of you you know trigger foods and melissa will help you with all of that (laughs) (laughs) but there's something about the, the, the kind of keystone word of nourishment. It's like, how are we getting nourishment from our lives, from our daily life? And, and how are we nourishing ourselves? How are we replenishing ourselves? Because that's what we want our nourishment to give us is new energy, new sources of vitality that we feel healthy and carry on with, with our lives. And so as we were saying earlier, the the mode in which the modern lifestyle operates is do 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 you know get busy be active get out you know you got the kids you got the job you got the house you got the car you got this that the responsibilities you got to run the business you got to you know whatever it is and it's exhausting and there are very few moments of true nourishment in that cycle of busyness and so what yoga can do is just give you a pause button it's like give it you know i really encourage people to do it daily that's what i try and do anyway it's an hour a day and of course you know busy lives making it twice a week something like that or even just a 10 minute slot once a day but just a pause in your day where you can just drop in because People try meditation and mindfulness, and that's fantastic as well to have that pause, that way of nourishing the soul, nourishing the whole system by stopping and pausing. But a lot of people don't have, maybe meditation doesn't work for them. Well, yoga is like a movement meditation when it's done slowly enough. So that's the first kind of vital part of yoga and how it can help with digestion is that you slow down enough because you have to be to rest and digest to digest you have to be relaxed enough to digest and I'm sure you you work with your your people here and people who are listening can can relate to the fact that they're never relaxed enough to really for the stomach to be relaxed for the food to digest properly and that could be like a, such a key issue so yes. just to, to to be rested before you actually even eat yes um that you're not eating on the trot you're not eating in a hurry you're not eating in a state of anxiety that you're actually relaxed and yoga can absolutely just put you in a completely different state yes i fully agree with all of that and yeah. how important it is and it's not something that we're taught through public no. or education system, right? And it does come back to that societal demand of do more, do more, do more. 
And so we're just doing what's expected of us. And we have no idea how that is negatively impacting our digestion. Exactly. Exactly. And then the other thing is, you know, when you're taking care of yourself, so yoga is an act of Mm self-care. So if you can put that it's like habit stacking you know where where you do one thing so you brush your teeth every morning but you want to do something else and it's like okay I'm going to do this as well so I'm going to do a little self-massage after I brush my teeth and so you don't think oh I'll do a self-massage sometimes later in the day no you stack it onto your teeth brushing because you know that's already established so you habit stack so habit stack your yoga into your day put it into a place where you know it can slot in and not be forgotten because it's stacking on other habits and when you have that self-care kind of attitude it's like I'm really going to give myself this I'm really going to make a difference then that very statement that very intention can ripple out into other areas as well so then the foods you choose might be healthier choices because you've got this whole attitude of of self-care and well-being and therefore any of those trigger foods that you know give you a tummy ache that you know are hard to digest but you think oh yeah but I'll just go for the taste because it you know it's really nice taste if you have that attitude of self-care and you're doing your yoga daily or you're doing your your self-care practices and or doing a meditation or whatever it is then you're more likely to make healthier choices I agree so that's also where yoga can help and then of course there are yoga practices um, bringing your knee to your chest, which helps press into the abdominal muscles, forward bends, a slight twists. You know, there are certain yoga postures that can help with um, massaging all the internal organs. And yes, it's digestion, but you also need your liver in good shape. You need your gallbladder in good shape. You need your kidneys in good shape. You need, you know, your intestines, your small intestines your stomach like it all works as a whole and that's the beautiful thing about yoga is that it 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 always comes back to the holistic view of the body so yes of course you can have an emphasis on yeah an intention of yeah I want to improve my digestion my gut health but don't be surprised if that then takes you on a a dance of like, yeah, and I need to get my ankles sorted out because I know that having a constitutional walk after I eat every day is a really good thing for my digestion, but I don't go for a walk because my ankle's not good. So I need to work on my ankle, you know, things like that. When we start piecing the things together, it becomes a much bigger holistic picture, which at the heart of it is self-care. Yes. And I love all of that and agree with everything you've said, because of course, when I work with people, I'm also working on the whole being. And the wonderful thing about the human body is when we create the environment for it to heal, it doesn't just heal one component either. It's healing all of us. And so in this process of discovery, as we improve our digestion We improve our gut health because in improving both of those, we're lowering inflammation. Well, that does then, as you say, make us realize, oh, but I have to address the ankle, which is feeling a bit better because the inflammation's down. But if I walk too far or I 
don't have enough mobility, it does stiffen up. So there's still something going on because I'm listening to my body and I need to be addressing that. And you're right that yoga is that, you know, holistic practice Mm -hmm. that we might think of it as a mindfulness, but it's so much more, right? That it's benefiting digestion. It's benefiting our liver and kidneys. It's Mm -hmm. benefiting our joints when we do it properly and are guided to do it properly etc 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 yeah and the reason the reason why yoga is so sort of wonderful for body health and 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 the practice of coming to alignment with with everything yoga means union joining connecting so we're connecting body mind and spirit and and because you meet yourself when you do your practice when you come into onto your mat. You meet yourself exactly where you are today. Mm. We're not we're not fantasizing about oh I'm going to have some fancy body that's going to look amazing in a bikini in six months time or whatever. Right. It's like no 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 don't like don't get into that kind of future thinking. Just meet yourself now kindly, gently, with awareness, and there is where the healing happens in the present moment that's where you anchor that's where you find the self-love and cultivate the self-care it's all in the present moment and that's why yoga is so beautiful because it's not it's not like you're going to the gym and going woohoo i'm gonna you know have my big workout and and in six months time i'm gonna be able to pull up the hundred pound weight i mean that's great if you want to do that i'm not dissing you know gym work you know strength training is important too but it's coming from a different place right but the whole mentality of kind of future guessing or future projecting into what you think your body is going to be like can actually be detrimental to how is your body now how is your body today and yoga will absolutely bring you back to how am I now? Yeah. And so with yoga, I think what you're saying there is it's not about setting goals as to the outcome of what you're going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's about if you want to set a goal around yoga, it's going to be more around how many times you can make the time to get to your mat, really. And on any different day when you arrive on your mat, it's going to feel different. Yeah. And, you know, you probably talk to your people about, you know, making smart goals, you know, that's specific, measurable, actionable, you know, don't, don't say, oh, I'm going to do yoga for an hour a day. I mean, I, I have that as an intention, but that's with, I'm a yoga teacher. (laughs) I have 25, 30 years of yoga practice behind me. And, and I still don't always get onto my mat every day for an hour. Right. But I do my best, you know, but for someone beginning, it's like, well, try, try 20 minutes on a Friday morning, you know, just try something that's because you can always build on what you establish, but you've got to establish something that's doable for you. Exactly. You want to have that win first. Yeah. And so you've, you can just and the, do it a couple of days for 20 minutes and slow down for that 20 minutes and feel that because when you really feel into that, you're going to love it exactly and, and if you love it you'll come do back it. and do it exactly. exactly and that's what you want it's far more important that you actually enjoy the little bit of practice that you do because then you'll go oh yeah that felt really good let me do that again 
yes. than if you go, oh, I'm going to, you know, work hard. I'm going to do a full hour, and and then you can't walk for the next day, you know, right? Because you pushed it too far, right? And I fully agree with that. And you know, I set my self care. I put it in my calendar because then it gets done right. and that time doesn't get taken away from me. Somebody can't book into that time. Right. And so that was the shift for me in being able to give myself that time every day. And for me, I like to have that time first thing in the morning and start my day off just coming into my day, my way so that then I have the energy, the mindset to be able to serve my clients for the rest of the day without feeling drained at the end of the day. But I love my yoga, but I love other things too. So my yoga practice tends to be about three times a week because I also want to get out on my paddleboard. I also want to get in my strength training. And there are only so many hours in a day, right? So it's about what finding what works for you and what feels good. Absolutely. And there may be days where my back is feeling a little bit achy. And so I might flip it up that day and go, you know what? I need to do yoga. I'm not going to do my strength training today. Yeah. yeah. But I have the time booked so then I can do whatever it is that I want. So, yeah. yeah, I love all of this. Thank you so much. And just that important lesson around how yoga um, calms the body, gets us out of our sympathetic nervous system and into our parasympathetic nervous system, which then turns on digestion. Yes. So doing yoga before a meal is a great way to turn on digestion and then have all of your salivary enzymes and your stomach acid working and all of the enzymes in your intestines already functioning by the time you put food in your mouth. And then your body can better break down the food that you're eating for energy and break it down well and absorb it into the bloodstream and get it to the cells that need it. So you're actually benefiting from the food that you've eaten versus eating in a stressed out state when the body isn't breaking it down properly because the salivary enzymes and the hydrochloric acid, none of that's even turned on. So your body's going through the motions, but without the mechanisms to break the food down properly. And in that case, you don't get the energy from that food. Right. And you probably right. end up eating more because you're also not feeling satiated as a result. Yes. And exactly. this is what too many people are doing and then they might end up with constipation because the food's not broken down properly and it's very hard for the body to get out what it doesn't need, or it might end up in diarrhea, or it might end up just in weight gain because the body just starts storing it as fat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and what, what I find too, Melissa, is that um, I, haven't, I haven't sort of followed this up, you know, it'd be an interesting question to ask most of my students, but... I know for myself, and I've seen it with when doing yoga trainings and um, yoga workshops that I've run, is that after a practice of yoga, yeah, you eat, you, you don't eat before the practice. So you practice on an empty stomach if you can, or just you know have a very little something if you're absolutely starving before you practice, but generally you practice on an empty stomach. But then after the practice is finished, you're not starving. It's not like you, oh God, I've just run a marathon and now I need to, you know, stash up on my carbs or whatever it is that sometimes physical exertion can create that kind of hunger. It's not, it doesn't feel like that at all. So if anything, it sort of lowers the appetite and yes, you can eat something, but you, you generally naturally want to go for something light, a little bit of fruit, maybe a meal, but a really light meal, a salad, 
you know, it, it just naturally lends itself to eat lightly. It's funny that you say that because I did yoga this morning, loved it. And this is my smoothie. So I did yoga from 745 to 845 is now 1223. And I still have a quarter of my smoothie left because I've just been sipping it ever since I did my yoga this morning. I don't feel hungry at all. That's packed full of fruit and protein and goodness and some veggies. And, um, but I wasn't starving, so I didn't need to wolf it all down. And um, I'm a big proponent for smoothies in the morning anyway, because of course, digestion uses energy. And when we use the blender to do a lot of the pre-digestion, it takes less energy for our body to break it down. So I get more energy for my cognitive function, or if I was going to do a workout, et cetera. But after yoga this morning, yeah, I've just been sipping away at it. So I totally agree, totally agree with what you're saying. So, yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I hope our listeners are inspired if they aren't already in a practice of yoga to just go and try it out. And, you know, you've got great classes. So please let people know how they can reach out to you and maybe try one of your online classes. Absolutely. If uh, people want to contact me, they can contact me, Kathy at kathywhiteyoga.com. And that's Kathy with a K at kathywhiteyoga.com. And just send me an email. And I would be happy for any of your podcast listeners to give them a free class. Normally I say book in for three and I have a special new student rate for three classes. And which is just 20 US dollars for three classes. But I'd be happy to give a class away to any of your podcast listeners. So they just need to email me and I can send them a coupon and and they can, and then I'll show them where to go to book on. And if you want to have a look at how the classes are, look at the schedule, you can go to kathywhiteyoga.com and just click the tab that says classes and all the information is there. Well, thank you so much. That's very generous. And I hope all the listeners take you up on that. And I'll put your email address in the show notes so they can find it easily reach out to you and try one of your classes for free so thank you so much for that generosity i really appreciate it yeah Uh, well and there's also a free if people want to um, get a free ebook about the kind of yoga i teach i call it my joint renewal system and there's an ebook that they can download as well and that's on the website as well just click on the tab that says joint renewal guide from kathywhiteyoga.com on kathywhiteyoga.com yeah perfect so before we wrap up i have questions that i love to ask all of my guests and the first one is what does don't wait for your wake-up call mean to you listen to your body that's absolutely it you know get on your mat and listen to your body that's being doing yoga being on your mat is your time for your body to speak it's like you're giving your body a venue to talk to you so don't wait for your body for your knee to be in agony don't wait for that hip to need to be replaced and you know I've got nothing wrong with knee replacements thank god we have orthopedic surgeons and it's incredible what they can do today but I really believe like you don't need to wait that long 
if you start listening earlier and, and getting help to realign and getting help with why that hip is wearing out, what is it that's happening in the cartilage? What is the alignment of the hip? And, you know, what is it referred pain from something in the shoulder or the knee or the ankle? Um, and, and discover those things on your mat, but don't wait to, to for your body to start yeah, screaming at you. <laughs> I love that. Great, great advice. And do you have any last advice that you would like to share with the listeners to inspire them to take action in their health or their yoga practice starting today? Yes, yeah, starting today. So wherever you're listening this from, you're probably sitting in a chair. And I would say, if you can get up off your chair, have a little walk, even if it's just in your office or room or kitchen or whatever, or if you're driving when you get parked, um, stand up, walk around mindfully. And then as soon as you can, lie down and put your feet up the wall and rest. I love that. And if you just want to elaborate on the benefit for the listeners of putting their feet up the wall. If you put your feet up the wall, the body will immediately within probably a minute, a minute and a half, the body will move into the parasympathetic nervous system mode. So it'll go, oh, legs up the wall. And if you can interlace your hands under your head, even better. Some people have shoulder restrictions and that's not comfortable. And breathe in and out through your nose and just let the spine relax on the floor. Legs are up circulation is such that the blood will rush back into the torso blood pressure will go up in the torso a little bit which uh, creates the baroreceptors in the heart will go oh blood pressure's risen need to reduce blood pressure and will secrete the uh, the the hormones and everything else the system will kick in to reduce blood pressure which lowers the heart rate and immediately you're in that parasympathetic uh, nervous system mode of rest and digest. Um, it helps the spine because you're elongated along the floor. Any circulation issues in the legs, it helps that because you're draining the legs, uh, the blood out, you're helping the venous activity and also the lymphatic activity as well through the legs for, for circulation. So there's lots and lots of benefits. I could probably say a lot more about that particular posture, but that's probably enough for now. But just feel how good it feels to lie on your back and put your legs up the wall and just smile and enjoy it. I love that. And it's something that's so easy to do. It's yes. so simple and it can be done even if you only have five minutes between yes. now and your next call. I realize if you've driven somewhere, you're not going to get out and do this in the parking lot. But if you're at home or if you're in your office, you can and you have five minutes till your next call, you could just spend that five minutes doing that and then get on your next call from a place of so much more calm and relaxation and the flow of that call is going to go so much better for you than if you just rushed the next call the exactly call. So and even fun. if you're out and about you know if you pass a park yes there put your legs up a tree yeah on grass yeah you know? just take a few minutes it will make the world of difference 
Exactly. And lying on the grass, I could go into a whole other conversation about the benefits of that and all the microbes, yes. the grass that are getting on your skin and into your microbiome and benefiting your microbiome and just being out in nature. So yes, I love all of this. I love how these little things that we can do have so many benefits on different aspects of our body. And as I said earlier, it's not taught through public health and mainstream education but on the holistic side of healthcare, these are all the simple steps that I love to bring to my audience through this podcast, that actionable steps that you can implement into your life to improve your lifespan and quality of life. Because once you learn it once, you have this knowledge for life. Yes, and once, once you've decided to, like I said earlier, once you've decided to take more care of yourself, you know, once you've switched on that button of self-care, then it perpetuates itself. It's like every little decision you make is through that lens of, is this going to be good for me? Exactly. 100% true. So thank you so, so much for joining us today, Kathy. Oh, you're you. very welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all of my listeners out here for tuning in every single week. I look forward to having you join me next week as we continue in this series on digestion. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. I hope that the content I bring to you in my podcast is inspiring you to take action in your health and to come to the realization that you and only you are responsible for your health. And that your health is your greatest asset. Health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. I also hope you're starting to realize how much is not taught to us through our education system and through mainstream health. And if you would like to learn more about your health, I welcome you to look into my upcoming Health Optimizer program. It's a four-week program. And I dive into key aspects of optimizing your health, knowledge that you will then have for life, that you can share with your loved ones, and that will change your health outcomes. So check out the link to the Health Optimizer course in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in the program. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.